0: Welcome to Many Windows, the podcast uh, about education for all people interested in education. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host,
1: Jennifer McGlemery. Maybe one day you will learn my name and would be able to introduce me all by yourself. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. You always throw it to me like you don't know my name and
0: I have to introduce myself. You want me to introduce, you want me to say your name, is that it? Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I'm going to introduce you and you're going to introduce me. That's what we'll do for season three,
0: okay? That'll be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. This is the best radio. <laughs> okay. So, listeners, uh as you know, uh, we have been doing something different for the second part of season two. And, Jennifer, why don't you take the listeners who maybe are new to the podcast, picking it up right now, what we're doing and why we're doing it.
1: So we started season two with long form. We did five episodes on one topic, but then COVID hit and we felt like we wanted to respond to the experience that everyone is having. Everyone's kind of having a different experience and the same experience All at the same time. So, we wanted to hear different perspectives, different people in education, different people that are affected by education. So, we've spoken to a teacher, we've spoken to a parent, a couple of parents, we've spoken to a head of school. And uh, today, we are going to be speaking to Donald Durham, and he is the (laughs) owner of Mission to Math Tutoring Company. That's it. Welcome, Donald. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hi, Donald. Big fan of the show. How are we doing? Great. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Yeah.
0: yeah. So your, your personal life, if you're like anyone else, has probably changed a great deal you know, as a result of COVID-19, but I'm wondering how you've been experiencing it professionally and what are some of the trends that you've seen as we've gotten deeper and deeper into the kind of reality of this world?
2: Uh, well, that's a great question. It's been very interesting. I'm sure everyone can can say that. Um, but as uh, Jennifer mentioned, I am the owner of Mission to Math. Uh, we're a math tutoring company that really just tries to make sure that, you know, each student is learning and enjoying their learning with and paired with a great teacher instructor to help them. So obviously, with that going from being in person to immediately being virtual to overnight being virtual, um, a lot of things changed. and. Thankfully, we were able to jump on board immediately. And as soon as school went out last year, we were able to you know, get started with the, whole, with the virtual learning and being able to assist kids and kind of switch things up that way. Um, so thankfully, that allowed us to really kind of continue versus um, collapsing like a lot of companies had to do, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So I met Donald when he uh, when I got to interview him and hire him to be a teacher at the elementary school that I was at, and then when I left, he left because why be there if I'm not there, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. I, actually, that may not be the actual reason, but he was starting off his tutoring company at that time, and that was what, like two and a half, three years ago. Most
2: definitely so originally math and music
1: math and music mm-hmm. with someone that i know and that you met who's a musician yes
2: uh with jason land jason land my business partner we it, it was kind of magical the way it kind of happened um i was i love teaching it, it's definitely what i'm here for it's definitely my passion and working with children and just taking them from a to z you know but it felt being in a classroom just wasn't necessarily for me. And I was blessed to have you as a principal, blessed to have principals in general that allowed me to you know, be a little different and, and abstract. But I, I just couldn't sit in a classroom all day and not you know, necessarily do things the way I think that they can be done a little bit better sometimes. So yeah, Jason and I randomly, we met and uh, things went forward from there. For sure. So
0: you were, you, you were hired by Jennifer to be an elementary school teacher.
2: I was fourth and okay. fifth grade.
0: Nice. Were you right out of your own education at that point or had you done stuff differently before then or what?
2: I actually taught two years prior in South Carolina. So I'm from uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina originally. Shout out to 803. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I taught in Myrtle Beach actually when I graduated from Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. And um, thought just kind of wanted to switch it up and move across the country. And then... It's kind of the same situation. I was like, "Oh, okay, teaching is still teaching." (laughs) Kids kids Uh, are
0: kids, parents are parents. Exactly, it's all the
2: same. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: And you know, that's that's um, that's interesting because your your perspective as a person coming into a tutoring framework from many years Mm -hmm. of experience in teaching Mm -hmm. in a classroom. I mean, that has got to have shaped your tutoring practice and, you know, your sense that I'm not well suited to being in the in a classroom 180 days out of the year, but I want to work with kids. Well, I would think that the, the COVID-19 reality of partially distanced and hybrid and individual learning pods and all this kind of stuff, that probably really connects with your your way of seeing the world in
2: interesting ways i suspect most definitely um and kind of to not to correct you necessarily but i wouldn't say that i wasn't fit for the classroom i would say it was kind of the other way around where i feel like the classroom situation wasn't really fit for the type of way i wanted to educate which i've been proven to to yeah. Be, be true uh, to work i think so <laughs> i think but um yeah yeah i think that honestly going that direction helps tremendously I think it showed like one I can do small groups easily right and I know how to look for those um, instructors or anyone that can really help and I know what to look for as a teacher I know to look for in an instructor I kind of know how to um, set up our classes so that kids can be set for success versus just Mathnasium or any other company Mm -hmm. that you know has a set way that kind of just had to switch things up and didn't have a plan um, to do so They, they kind of scrambled a little bit and yeah. thankfully we were in a transitional phase still as a young business to where we could, you know, steer the direct steer the wheel either way. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, what I'm
1: interested yeah, in. Okay. I want to know what did it look like before yeah, okay. March 13th, yeah. 2020, and
0: <sighs> and after. Yeah. Particularly Donald, if 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 it connects, you know, mm-hmm. where I was gonna to go is this notion of personalization, right? Because that's sort of what I was hearing a little bit. When you were mm-hmm. saying, I know how to group and I know, I, I want to set these things so that kids are advantaged, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe connect to Jennifer's question. And if if you can speak about how you individualize and why that is important to you, that would be keen. I'd love to hear that.
2: Sure. Yes, this is kind of mix both of those up. So we started with uh, what we call our level up classes, right? So that's where we group kids. And they work the, the, to well, essentially level up through different standards and that are paired with chapters. So everyone starts off as the math gamer, which is a place value level. They work through about seven levels within uh, that all deal with place value. And then once you pass that, then you move up to your math lead, which and math lead is based off of um, addition and subtraction. So it kind of, <clears throat> we do have these set levels for kids to be able to, you know, grow. And it was a little simpler when they would come into the building. <laughs> it was, uh, because we could, you know, kind of jump around and help those kids individually where they needed to, uh, versus now when we have students that are logging on, um, that's not giving us the same ability to, you know, do those. Going into a breakout room is different than telling a child to mm-hmm. go into a room next door and I'll be there in just a second. It's totally yes, yeah. totally different. So I think um, along with personalization, we kind of make sure that each child is at that right level. We really want to make sure that we're finding them where they are and taking them to. Um, where we want them to be or where we need them to be. And I think that that became a little tougher as we you know, switched to virtual, but um, I think that's definitely something that we've been working through for sure. So when they first
1: come in, do they do an assessment? They do. How do you do that virtually?
2: Uh, so the assessments are now done with me because like you all mentioned, as being a certified teacher, I want to make sure that these, they're placed in the right way. So I use a lot of different facets. I've used quizzes um, originally. I've created some tests that they use on GoFormative where I'll walk them through there. And it's essentially me asking them uh, the different grade level questions above and below to really gauge how, you know, where they best fit and what they know and what they don't know. Um, From there, if they're one of our middle school tutors, they are one of our middle school students or high school, then we will pair them with a Harvard instructor um, that we've recently hired about four or five of them that are working with our middle and high schoolers. Um, And then if they are an elementary student and doing one-on-ones, either pair them with another elementary uh, instructor, maybe myself or, um, and that's just for our one-on-ones. Our group classes, Mm -hmm. which we call our level up classes, those are still separated by grade levels currently um, with classes no bigger than six. So we can still have that small group environment and allow kids to really build on those skills they need, for sure. Yeah.
1: So the level up classes where it's a small group, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're using uh, Zoom or some <laughs> format like that, and it's the teacher and the five kids all logging in from their separate homes? It
2: is, it is. So we uh, they log in on Zoom and we originally, like the problem right now is that with parents being so concerned with Children being on Zoom all day, right? Then doing everything virtually—it's really been tough to. We've had to make a huge transition from being just okay. I'm tutoring you. I'm giving you this education. I'm giving you what you need. To okay, how can I engage you more? How can I make sure that we are playing these math games, right? And really making sure that they're still, you know, feeling that it's an academic environment, but not being bored by it. You know, for for an hour. And I mean, it's. I think we've done very well. I can run you through so many math games I've made up at this point now, just to really keep them engaged and um we do like these breakout room things that are really cool as well
1: give me an example
2: oh okay i created one recently it's called last multiple standing <laughs> uh, the students love it they love it i draw all their names or their nicknames on the whiteboard uh at, during during screen share and then like i said it's supposed to be academic so we talk about factors and multiples in that game and i'll ask them um one student, I like, what is your factor of choice? So let's say she picks uh, five. So the, depending on how many kids are in the group, I say, what are your first five multiples of five? They count them out loud, and then every student messages in the their multiple. Then that st- original student has a chance to guess out loud who had what multiple, if they guess it, then they take that child's point. If they don't guess it, then that child keeps their point. At the end, whoever has the most points wins. So they're learning about the vocabulary as well as, you know, wanting to do that more than the rest of class (laughs) which is what we're going for
0: yeah well i mean as a as an advocate of game-based learning anything that you can do to to bring a playful spirit to to learning Mm -hmm. in my mind engages students it does and if you've got students who are prepared to work in a more kind of a cutthroat environment like the Mm -hmm. one that you know the one you just described is like well i'm taking your points baby Mm -hmm. then great you know otherwise you know you got to find some ways to scaffold it so that people feel like they're participating in a game but
2: you know they're not it's not as high stakes right and i think we can kind of take advantage of the fact that they are home you are at a level of comfort that's a little bit more so now i can't we know we try to keep students between that level of frustration and success or that level you know like you we want to push you towards frustration not obviously not keep you there, but we want to make, you know, that's kind of where the learning happens. So if you're very comfortable, I we have to push you a little bit more to be mm-hmm. uncomfortable in the situations. What are those multiples? Call them out loud. We're not staying muted. You know, push them to um, have that fun and also challenge themselves because if not, then you're going to sink in more and more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've seen that. Yep. I've seen students who are completely fine with just laying in their bed and we're like, hey, nope, you know the rules, you know, like let's, let's get on it, so.
0: Right, I mean, you know, isn't that in some respects, the challenge is
2: mm-hmm.
0: how do you help keep a kid in that flow state of this is just hard enough when so many of the variables that we would normally be able to control for in school, we can't control for because they're at home. Mm -hmm. And being really, you have to, as as an instructor, I find when I'm teaching in the distance environment, yeah, I've got to be very, very, very attentive to visual cues off that screen. When before I might have been able to pick up something in a body language mm-hmm. or, right, something going on with you know kid X, Y, or Z, right? Right. You know. Right. And are you are you finding that that is something that you're having to focus on more, or that you are more mindful of?
2: I I, I do. I think that it's something that. It is it is strange to look for those certain things, but I also think it's a fine line between knowing what's distracting and then knowing what is kind of beneficial for that kid. That kid may be doing certain things as a nervous tick um, right. so that they can think and focus. And it's hard to find that line. The thinking time is so difficult when it's yes. like, wait, are you frozen? <laughs> or is right. this, am I getting like too much? That That is one of the biggest challenges, I believe.
1: Well, I think that's so interesting. It made me think about my choir teacher. Mm-hmm and how she teach she teaches a choir with more than 40 kids on Zoom. There's no way you can sing together, right? Because of the delay. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's the same thing anytime you're trying to have a class discussion. This is what I see our teachers, but even when you're talking about that small group, having that class discussion, if you want everybody unmuted and you think, oh, five people. Well, if you've ever been in a Zoom meeting Mm -hmm. with more than two people, you're stepping over one another and sound is dropping out. And I think you have to ask yourself like, how important is it that I actually hear everything that every kid is saying? Mm -hmm. Because what my choir teacher does is she has everyone on mute and she models what this part is supposed to sound like and says, okay, now you guys do it. She can't hear a single one of them, but it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. to her because it matters that they are practicing and that their exactly. lips are moving.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I'm not sure if the performance at this point is, is going to necessarily be happening. So I think the, I think electives in general are more important now than ever. Uh, Agreed. More, obviously PE and things like that. We see kids are, are getting, not getting nearly as much exercise as they should, but um, I've start we've started doing uh, mission math. started doing robotics. That's actually where I came from prior to this. And mm-hmm. it's, parents are loving it kids are loving it just because of that interaction and be able to do so, socially distance and every kid is gone with masks on it is in person um, but it's the fact that they're able to interact and feel somewhat normal it's it's beautiful it's it's very sad cuz they you can tell they miss it and they crave that mm-hmm. so it's i think not having the ability to really keep those things controlled in the classroom or keep those things Uh, or look for those normal cues like okay your head is down because you don't want to do this or your head is down is literally because you are at your desk which is a comfortable place for your head to be down at so right Right. uh yeah i think uh yeah it's pretty tough
1: what are some of the things that you have heard from parents Mm -hmm. that they're asking you for during this distance learning
2: um well doing a micro school i also have a, a micro school that we do so doing that in general is i'm seeing a lot of the things that parents are complaining about. That and I've what seen. is
1: that? What is a micro school?
2: Um, so I have about a group of eight kids. They're all in uh, fourth grade. Thankfully, they are all in the same homeroom, um, And they come to um, our, our office from 8 to 12, uh, roughly. And everyone is socially distanced as well. And they we do their Zoom sessions there. And then I assist them with uh, things that they may need help with. And kind of, once again, being a certified teacher really helps with being able to know yeah. what they need and, and see those things. and. Um, being able to do that, once again, gives me a little bit more insight on how the classes are being run and, and things like that. And bless these teachers' souls. They are doing everything they can and trying so hard. And you can see the passion and hear it. And like, it's 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 tough. So like, I'm hearing, seeing some of the things parents are saying and I'm like, you gotta see why it's stuff. Like <laughs> you have to understand that maybe someone's dog is barking because the male person's outside, you know, or. Right they have their children doing as well or whatever the case may be. So um, I definitely think that that's the the parents' perspective is very valid, obviously. Um, But I think that it's both ways, parents and teachers need to think of what each other's doing and why it's so tough to carry this out. Our last guest mentioned this
1: pods. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. you know, some people call them pods and you're calling micro Micro school. school. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. that's interesting.
0: Do you, so I, I, I'm totally interested in micro schools. i I, I work um, uh, uh, in some of my game based learning work. I work with some folks at at a micro school in l a and i I love that they're idiosyncratic and they've got mm-hmm. their own sort of way of kind of doing things you know do do you have um, donald already at this point sort of in your career uh, you know, kind of your own sort of education philosophy. You know, kind of two or three core values that, as an educator, you hold particularly dear. And and if so, how might a, a parent leverage your thinking
2: to help themselves while they're trying to to help their kids? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I'm kind of an expert at this. So no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> I'm definitely kidding. Um, I I believe I, there's one. One principle that I really live by um, and that's, I think Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Um, I think that that is, if we all live like that, not just for yourselves, but whatever the goal is you're trying to accomplish for someone else, if that is helping a child get to the next level or whatever that may be, then I, I think that is definitely the right attitude. Or um, Einstein, what he said, um, everyone's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then it'll grow yeah. into a life stupid. So that one, that one as well, like if you put someone in a a task that is not necessarily meant for them, and then expect for them to still be able to do that at the same level, and then judge that as their smartness, I think that that is, which is basically comparing your child to someone else. If Mm -hmm. I'm talking directly to parents, if you're trying to compare them, when they don't necessarily have the same tools. um, I think that that is something that is that might be a problem, even if that person is yourself, like I used to be, I've heard it so many times, I used to be great at math. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly why, you know, my child is not because the child is not you <laughs> necessarily, you know, but also if you're saying that to your child that they're not good at math, there you go, right? That's, that's what they're hearing and it. That may be the reason why they're giving less effort, um, it, which is also why you'll see, I think this is a, a r- issue that you see in Zoom or also in the classroom is that students begin to act up or um, act out to find that method of success. You may not feel like the success is coming from your math work or Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. So your success is being the class clown or typing the amount of chats you can in the the chat room or whatever the case may be. Right.
1: Well, and I I would say, as someone who observed Donald teaching, that he is a very active teacher and runs an active classroom. So I think he understands really well that kids need to need to also be active oh, in yeah. their learning. Most definitely, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's such a, it is such a part of him. He almost maybe forgets that that might be a unique thing that he. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I,
2: I, forget, I really do. I, I, I do forget. I, that's what I. I guess I'm, I complimented, I guess, most um, on most is is the unique style of bringing the fun into the classroom or really trying to not make it seem like it's the classroom. So, like, I think that that is, you're right, probably one of the biggest things that I would love to share with parents is that education is meant to be fun. It is meant to be fun. How do you remember things? By doing them with dances by doing them with singing, by doing them with games, by doing whatever. And I think if parents can implement that, I think that's definitely where teachers, anyone can implement that. You will definitely see a huge, huge growth in your uh, children's success, your child's success or whatever. I definitely think that is one. I always forget how fun I am. (laughs) Uh huh. As I get older, I realize my students start to think I'm less and less fun, though. And I'm like, "All right, let's switch it up." Someone told me I was 37 today, but act like I was 22. And I was like, "What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. well, I'm 28, so I don't know what that means necessarily." Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I can I can assure you, Donald, that when you are 38 or 48, <laughs> you'll be you'll be wondering what happened to the. 28-year-old teacher who had like, oh, the kids the kids are getting my jokes. Now the kids are like, oh my God, please stop telling your oh. dumb jokes. You oh, know? No.
2: Right. oh no. I see it slowly it, happening already. It's, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming, but not yet. Not yet. You're still yeah, young. Right. I'm going to hold on to it while I can. <laughs> right.
0: right, right. Um, what, what advice would you give to students to successfully navigate This time if they find themselves in a distance framework and maybe if they don't want to be you know they'd like to be back at school or you know what I mean because you know one of my arguments in my own professional work is don't don't talk down the distance environment Mm -hmm. plenty of students are doing far better in the distance environment Mm -hmm. than in the live environment Mm -hmm. and I think that there are great advantages to the distance environment it's just that it doesn't wholly supplement the live environment as it is presently deployed, right? If we were 10 years further along with more virtual reality and and uh, virtual environment technology, well then the distance environment might be just fine, a perfectly good substitute, mm-hmm. right? We're just not there in terms of the technological support yet. Exactly. So what, what sort of
2: advice to, to, to students? Um, I oof, oof, so I got a lot, <laughs> a lot of advice for them. The yeah. biggest one is definitely find, even though I just said, students are trying to find their own success. And sometimes they do that in negative ways. I think it's very important to find your success in the positive ways now, because even if you make your technology, like you said, you can't control if your Wi-Fi is the best. You can't control if your computer is the best necessarily, but you can control how you try to function, how you, tr- the effort that you give in the classroom. Um, and I think finding what you can be successful at, finding the ways that you can give that effort and also realizing that this is something that a lot of people are going through. A lot of people are dealing with, um, and I'm saying this more for middle school, I guess, high school, when it comes to my elementary students, oh, my babies, oh man, I feel so yeah. bad for them. Um, I definitely, I think or what I would really tell them is just to keep giving the effort that you're giving mm-hmm. and continuously give them support. Cause this is one, not normal and not going to hopefully not continue to be normal. Um, but it's, it's hard to like when I'm seeing, I am seeing kids do very, very well. And it's great. And I'm glad that this is a city that has those types of things that is able to give those things. But I've also seen some places where like like it's, it's way worse. My mother is in, is teaching, going into classrooms and is telling us about how there's, you know, while situations in the school with with students are also attending going to school um, in South Carolina, there's some situations in which she just feels very unsafe. She, Mm. She feels as if like, so I think, we have to stop looking for the negative things and tell the kids to try to start to be a little more grateful if you can tell a child that just to kind of realize like this may not be your ideal situation Mm -hmm. but neither is an alternative that could be instead Um, so I really really would just push for them or tell them to I know it sounds cliche but do what you can like Mm -hmm. do what you can and give your best all like as much as you can like I said, no, that sounds cliche.
1: But. Well, I think you know we when we spoke to Ronan, he mentioned this, and when I even when I talk to our middle schoolers here, they have that understanding and awareness that there are some silver linings mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what we're doing. Uh, I find, do you find that, John, when you talk to kids at your school too, that they do, they do recognize that there are some positives even in this unique situation that we're all going through?
0: Totally, it was it was partly a function of transitioning Mm -hmm. right that that, change is always hard right that we went into distance like two weeks before we went to spring break Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so just when we thought like all right i think i'm kind of getting my rhythm we went to break Mm -hmm. and then we came back in distance and it felt weird again. So now we needed a little bit of but once we got into the rhythm I think that for for many kids it felt like this is this is doable, right? And I know that that when I went back to live because we went back to live 2 weeks ago, okay? And I had my first live class I was like, I don't know how to do this. I, you know, I've been an educator for twenty five years, but I for, I've i forgotten how to do this. I, I, you know, send me back to distance, please, <laughs> right? Where I feel like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Um, so the word of the year is grace,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Give everyone, but most particularly yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
0: some grace. Okay because you're going to make you you're going to make yourself crazy if you if you think you can apply the standards of all previous years of your career to this year you just can't it's a, it's it's this it's a singular year
1: and it's like you were saying about kids who are comparing themselves to other kids or mm-hmm. parents who are comparing their kids to other kids it's mm-hmm. like the word comparing Whenever you're comparing to something else, you're. It feels like you're going to come up short. If we're, you know, so that our kids that are comparing this year's experience to somebody else's or last year, and all they do is find the ways that it's different and not as good, they are going to be miserable. Exactly. Right. But some of our kids are are recognizing that they, you know, the schedule is a little more fluid mm-hmm. and they can work late at night if they want they can you know they don't have to sit in a seat for you know six hours straight yeah. they they mm-hmm. have a little more um freedom
2: i think with a lot of those kids i i think a lot of those kids who are experiencing that had a high chance of probably doing well regardless which is i'm glad that they are it's good to see that you can adjust to any situation i just am very fearful for the kids that are not showing up and who can't yeah. show up, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that another thing I guess I should have mentioned is setting goals. I think setting goals is mm-hmm. a huge deal, especially this year. In general, it's, it should be a, a, a big deal. But I think setting weekly goals, setting your daily goals, like as parents, please, please set goals with your children that have, at, by the end of the week, this is what you're trying to accomplish. Learn your threes, learn your whatever, because there's so much, there's so many little things that teachers do at school that aren't included in what they can do now. It's it like between class, you can't have lunch with me and I can explain to you how this happened, you know? It's right. okay, you go have lunch by yourself, get your independent work done, and I'll see you tomorrow, you know, it's, which is very, very strange. I think that it, the importance of realizing, once again, what you can do, I don't care if the goal is to do a backflip by the end of the week, like whatever it is to push yourself right. forward is very important to know that it's not, you it can't just be teachers pushing you forward. You need to push yourself forward. Parents, you gotta help push these kids forward, forward mm-hmm. as well.
0: And you know what? The notion that you should be doing that is, you know, setting goals,
2: mm-hmm.
0: make them achievable, make them granular so that you can look at the end of the week and feel like, okay, I haven't been spinning, right? I have actually been accomplishing something. Right. That's going to pay huge dividends when we're just back in regular old boring you know exactly. oh it's Thursday
2: right exactly
0: you know because being able to do that effectively we, we talked with previous guests about executive function
2: hmm.
0: all right well if this helps develop those skills across a generation of 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 kids that's a big win you know I mean at the end of the day nobody wants to experience what we're experiencing but you know we don't get to choose so Let's try to let's try to learn something from it, right? And I think you know, given that we're we're coming up on our time, uh, you know, Donald, that's a that's an, a a great way to end. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Think about goal setting. Think about reflecting on the start of your week and at the end of your week, right? Mm-hmm. Make it more structured. Um, and that way, you as a parent are not going to feel like you've got to do everything all equally well all at the same time because that's what that's what parents are often reporting right i just feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, yeah and rightfully i mean rightfully and
0: rightfully so right
2: so yeah 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 i i I agree i think it's like i said it's about those little wins and i think if you the the amount that you would the effort that your child would put towards setting a goal one or two goals a week is still less effort than they would have given if they were going to school every day if they were doing those things because those goals are kind of set for them so I think yeah you're right you got to push for those little wins
0: yep Yep. make make the successes that you're having really count bingo and, yeah and celebrate them and that's what parents can do yes most yeah. definitely yeah exactly um, Donald it's been extraordinary
2: same what a really? what a great
0: conversation i I wish we were still in our long form modality so that we could just keep going
2: right um, <laughs> right I've been warmed up you know yeah yeah um I'd love to
0: have uh I'd love to have you back on and to talk a little bit about uh, about mathematics education
2: most definitely
0: perhaps or to talk about. Advice that you might give to young teachers or teachers in in you know kind of early the ramp up of their career, sort of your perspectives, right? Um, Or indeed other.
2: I boom did it. Advice given: be yourself. (laughs) There's so many there's so many boxes that teachers should have to get put into, and which is the reason why teachers leave within two years. Uh, It's 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 crazy and. I'm, like I said, I can talk about that forever. Sorry, yeah, that's that's a good
0: one. We will That's a good topic really for another. That. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, but
0: um, for for now, Donald Durham, thank you for joining us on this episode of Many Windows. Outstanding. Looking forward to getting to know you better and to having you on uh, again very soon.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, Jennifer. Until next time. Bye, John. Bye. Don't touch the mic. Okay. uh Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, I don't have my mic in the right place. I'll edit it. I'll edit
2: it. Uh,
0: Shut. Oh God. Experience That's, you're having. What? A, oh I can't. I, First impression, uh, everlasting. No, I'm, good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. I get enough grief out of Jennifer. I don't need I'm it I'm from sorry. the guest. I'm sorry.
2: I just jumped on the... <laughs> I'm sorry. Didn't take long. i follower.
0: <laughs> this is all going in the blooper reel at the end. Right. Uh...